cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story. Headline. The spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babbin of WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to this uh, very special edition of Cover Story. And I'm joined with my tremendously terrific co-host, Jian Wee. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Way. Thanks, Brandy. Jian Wei. That's that's correct, and and thank you for such a such a kind uh, introduction right there. But it's it's just the truth. You know what it is? I always want to call you we, because it's so inclusive, and that's your personality. But I guess that's, way you're leading. Right. You know, you're leading the way. <laughs> <laughs> what? A, uh, we you, you, the, the nature of the the social media is very collaborative, and so that's why I you know I'm I'm with that. So I don't mind if you, you use my or pronounce my last name. We as opposed to way. Absolutely, thank you. <laughs> so, and, and actually, and actually, to tell you the truth, and I don't want to, I don't want to diverge too much. The original pronunciation is, as a matter of fact, we. So maybe you just know more than, uh, more about me than I know about myself. Well, you know, I, I tend to believe that's true, and I do believe that our the conversation that we're having right now is a perfect segue. Uh, to introduce our featured guest, who is Nick Hayes. He is a influencer, 50s managing director. He's have, he has over 20 years' experience working in technology marketing for companies as large as Microsoft, Hewlett-Packard, Sun Microsystems, and Adobe to startups and niche players. He's also a former founder of a successful technology PR firm. And uh, Nick saw that traditional PR was becoming... Um, commoditized. I can't even pronounce that word properly. Commoditized, which is true, with clients simply trying to squeeze a little more coverage out of the same model of press relations. So, welcome, Nick. Hi, Brandy. Thanks for the instruction. How are you? I am. I am good. I'm actually talking from London, where it's um, it's early evening now. So, uh, it's a pretty international business we're in at the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well. Hello from across the pond. I got to say, it, it's it's better weather where where you are. So, um, I agree. We'll the phone line holds up. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Well, we'll we'll go we'll go with that one. Let's let's start off talking a little bit about your your background, if we could. Sure. I started with uh, Microsoft and EDS, who are big technology companies, both in central London at the time. And then I moved uh, to international marketing agencies, and I was there for um, four or five years, three, three or four years. And then about 15 years ago, 16 years ago, I started my own um, international PR company uh, based out of London and worked with that for 12 years, and that's still ongoing, but um, I'm not involved in that anymore. And since 2002, uh, 2003, I've spent my time building up um, Influencer 50, which is uh, certainly was at the time one of the first um, influencer marketing specific com- companies. Excellent. So let's let me ask you a question. What is an influencer? <laughs> that's that's a good question, and there's no kind of easy answer to it. 
um, effectively, traditionally, certainly in the tech sector and, and uh, pharmaceuticals and also in financial services, the, the traditional view of an influencer in, in business markets has been either a journalist or an industry analyst or somebody who, who effectively was paid to commentate on the industry. And so marketing departments um, for most commercial companies these days are based around the idea of targeting and promoting themselves to those um, journalists, analysts, consultants, whatever. Now, what we discovered was that, that uh, though those people are still important to uh, buyers, and they certainly do influence purchasing decisions, the, um, the breadth of influencer has now segmented out so that there might be up to maybe 24 different types of influencer these days, whereas 10, 10 years ago there was probably only three or four. And the reason um, influencer marketing as an industry uh, has begun to exist over the past few years is because most um, marketing departments only target those traditional three or four, leaving very much those other 20 or 21 categories pretty much alone. And what that means is that a lot of purchasing decisions are being affected by people that marketing departments really don't know or understand. And so our job is to try and understand who really influences your customers rather than uh, the traditional view of who, who influenced them 10 years ago. Nick, can we get a, a little bit more specific when we talk about types of influencers? I mean, you're saying that there's more stratification. We now have over 20. What are some different types of influencers um, that are out there? Sure. Uh, like typical influencers might be management consultants. They might be um, buyers groups, procurement um, groups. They could be industry regulators. They could be um, online forums. It's interesting that the, um, the question we probably asked more than any other by uh, clients um, and companies we talk to are uh, they ask how, how influential are the bloggers these days? And there's, there's certainly a, um, uh, a sentiment in the industry that bloggers have very much overtaken most journalists in terms of their influence. And what's interesting is up until perhaps 18 months ago, we really couldn't find bloggers as a major influence on many purchasing decisions. And they're beginning to get in there. But there's a very great difference between the amount of noise that, that an influencer makes in a market and the actual amount of influence they have. So that some of the loudest, most frequently quoted people, some of the people that uh, probably are um, on the tip of the tongue of most of your listeners, um, really just by the fact that they're busy talking about the sector doesn't mean they're really influencing any buying decisions. And so people like bloggers are a case where I think the hype is actually at the moment above the level of influence that they have, certainly at the business end. They're, they're very influential in consumer sectors. Um, but there are other, there are other um, categories of influencer that are very much under-hyped and under-represented. And we're constantly surprised at how little most, um, most marketing departments of the major uh, commercial companies understand the role of buyers groups and procurement groups. Um, they're really people who, who most commercial companies haven't really addressed, and yet actually in some sectors their influence is um, very tangible indeed. Is it fair to say that a different category of influencer needs to be approached differently and the expectations for 
how they may influence things um, should be should be based on what type of category they are. Absolutely, that's that's a really good question, and you know we live in fear of of um, identifying uh, various influences, only to find that our clients then simply um, kind of put them on the Christmas card list and you know send them a brochure once a year and add them to the other ten thousand people on their mailing list. Um, it's a good point. Inf- the, the top influencers need to be dealt with on a one-to-one basis and can't be dealt with in a, in a volume or mass marketing way. And uh, if you take it that the traditional view of a lot of um, PR companies, the, the traditional criticism of a lot of PR companies, is that effectively they have to play a volume uh, and a numbers game, which is it's the quantity of uh, media coverage or the quantity of journalists uh, engaged with or whatever. And we very much talk uh, um, a language of it's the the quality of the one-to-one relationships because while a journalist may want to be kept, may possibly want to be kept constantly in touch with um, a particular company's um, activities, there are many influencers who um, would hate to be kept constantly in touch and they want to be updated and have a relationship very much on their terms. And so their terms may be very different from the, that of a different uh, category of influencer. So some people ask us, you know, why we called Influencer 50, because we decided that 50 was an optimum number of people that was large enough to show a breadth of, in, of, in, uh, of influencer so that people could um, uh, get a broad understanding of the influence, uh, influence circle within that sector and yet it was a small enough number that people could still get their arms around those people individually. Nick, sounds wonderful. You hit on something that I think we want to get uh, to afterwards, which is quality and not quantity, but first we need to go and take a commercial break. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. What's that sound coming from your computer? That's the sound of me making money with Referback.com. They've shown me how to... Referback.com show me how to turn clicks on my existing site into cash. Referback gives you free banners, mailers, even your own personal account manager. Oh, can they help me make money off my blog too? Absolutely. Your websites, your blogs, they can all be making you money. You can even earn 50% commission on your first month. Put some into your website. Just visit Referback.com. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Jeez, another year with no refund from the IRS. I got a nice chunk of change this year. I'm buying a new car and I'm going to Fiji. How in the world did you do that? I got in on TaxBrain.com's affiliate program and it's easy to make big money during tax season just by bringing them other people paying their taxes. TaxBrain.com? How does that work? With TaxBrain.com's affiliate program, I command a huge payday with their nitro payouts because I get paid for leads as well as sales. That sounds easy. How do you do it? They give me all the tools it takes, like dedicated publisher support, analytics capabilities, custom tracking and creative services, and so 
much more that I need to make money the easy way. Wow. With 140 million households paying taxes every year, I bet there's no shortage of business all season long. Now you got the idea. Make money off the tax man. How do I find out more? Visit taxbrain.com forward slash affiliates to find out more. Taxbrain.com, America's online tax service. Hey, have you got that number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on localpages.com. Localpages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? Localpages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with localpages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. Localpages.com. List your business on localpages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. Localpages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. Podcasting at the speed of sound. Webmasterradio.fm, the flamethrower. Webmasterradio.fm, we're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Our Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro Babin of Webmaster Radio, and I'm joined with Jean Way of PR Web. And our featured guest today is Nick Hayes, uh, who is a managing managing director of Influencers Fifties. Someone put marbles in my mouth today. Unfair. Welcome back, Nick. Thank you. I I, I think that when I, I speak to someone who speaks, you know, proper English, I obviously it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes me to st- st- stutter. <laughs> um, Anyway, let me ask you a, que- a question, because we've got a very savvy listening audience, um, but sometimes, you know, when people are looking at, you know, especially today with the lines being blurred between, you know, public relations, marketing, and advertising, and we have this whole, tr- you know, everything's transparent these days, that sometimes it's hard to see the tree through the forest, or the forest through the trees, if you will. Um, so from a granular level, how, how can you look at your company and start to understand how, how to reach out to and define these critical um, influencer categories? Okay, the, the easiest um, advice that I, I tend to give our clients is stop thinking of yourself as part of your company and take yourself outside of the confines of your, your, your company's building and imagine what it's like to be a buyer. Now, whether that's a consumer, if you're in that sector, or if, if you're in the B2B sector, or you know, enterprise, consumer tech, whatever it might be, imagine yourself to have no ties with your company and to, to be uh, in the first morning of looking to buy the kind of product or service that your company does. And think about how you would go about um, deciding what, what your initial problem was, deciding how to solve it, deciding a short list of suppliers, then how would you do your research, and trying to work out at what stage both you would come into contact with your particular company and probably at what stage you'd lose interest in your company. And when marketing departments spend more time thinking about what it's like to actually buy, uh, to, to, to be a, uh, a prospect, and to try and buy from your company, you will get a lot better understanding as to what messages work and what messages don't. And you'll realize that actually more press coverage or more billboard ad- adverts or whatever will probably not 
um, be able to uh, increase your sales significantly. But if you work out where people currently go for their information, you will then have a better idea as to where to place your messages and what they should say. And the whole, the whole um, uh, concept that we talk about is that you've got to start a conversation and we've got to end the end of the day you know we would say that sales guys should sell marketing people should create the relationships because we buy from those that we trust and we can all think of examples where we've deliberately decided against purchasing something purely because of the personality of the uh, company or the personality of the individual involved when in fact we know that that product or service would have served us perfectly well so we're all interested in relationships and what's happened is that marketing departments have very much decided over the past 15 years which relationships they care about and largely that's that's an issue of we want to get in front of prospects and bombard them with uh, with our marketing materials we want to get in front of journalists and try and get as much press coverage as possible and we want to get in front of the industry analysts so that they write as good uh, reports on us as possible. And what we're saying is that actually those methods are fine if buyers approach the buying process through those Vehicles, channels that I've right. just discussed. The fact is most buyers these days don't uh, approach the buying decision through those channels. No, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's much more segmented. And so we're trying to say marketing departments should better understand how a buyer approaches the buying process and then they'll have a better understanding of how to market to them. I mean, those are excellent points. And something we always are expounding on, you know, on Cover Story is, you know, creating those relationships because you're right. If someone likes you, they're more likely to do business with you than someone else. And I like the idea of jumping outside of your own personal box, so to speak, with your company and look at yourself as a prospective you know, as a prospective buyer, what would, you know, what would excite you about the company? What would turn you away from the company? What would turn you on for the company? And, you know, especially with all of these, you know, citizen journalists out there who basically become, you know, mini or, or large marketers for you. Because I think at the end of the day, we all, you know, we would all love to have um, a cover story in the Wall Street Journal. But that potentially is, is posterity. But how much is that actually going to impact your bottom line? And I think that, 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 that's a really good point, because um, one of the reasons why we would all love, love to be on the cover of the Wall Street Journal or New York Times or whatever is effectively a case of just ego. And uh, you referenced um, earlier in the conversation my background in, in PR. And I remember very many of the uh, CEOs of the, the top tech companies who would only approve their, their media schedule for interviews if they themselves knew of the, the paper or they received it at home or it was a broadcast media outlet that they were impressed by. And they, they would not counter any, um, uh, any feedback that maybe there were other better titles that simply weren't as either well-known or weren't as um, uh, popular within their particular circle. And so effectively, we, you'd have major CEOs who would only want to be in, uh, as you say, the Wall Street Journal or the Financial Times or um, Frankfurter Allgemeine in Germany because they knew that within 24 hours they could be reading their own interview before right. they left um, on the airport flight back home. Right. 
Now, that may well be very good for their own feel-good factor. Absolutely. But actually, it would have had very minimal effect on their uh, long-term company sales. And yet, there are actually better people they could meet that simply were less glitzy, less uh, immediate, and, you know, involved less kind of gratification. And so, we're trying to uncover those hidden people that actually have a far greater role in terms of um, increasing sales, simply because they get to, they, they talk directly into the ear of the prospective decision maker. And, and how, how do you, Nick, Nick I'm, I'm kind of curious about very bad at getting to those people. Nick, how do you convince senior executives, for instance, that going out and creating a relationship with an influencer who they may not have heard of in their industry is actually better than um, getting an article placed in the Wall Street Journal. I mean, it just seems like that's such an uphill battle you have to fight. How do you guys go ahead and do that? Uh, I I tell you, you couldn't be more wrong in that. Um, The higher you go up in a company, the more they understand that there are hidden influences that really carry the power. And then there are the obvious names that, um, as you say, you know, might uh, write an, write an immediate article, but um, but it's harder to uh, to link that with immediate sales. So actually, we find that it's very easy to talk about what we're talking about to chief execs and CMOs, and it's very difficult for us to convince uh, more junior uh, marketing, more junior mm-hmm. members of staff, because. Unless you've had the real experience and ideally you've been through the sales, uh, sales force in some form, you don't appreciate that actually the buying process is a lot more complicated than simply decide you want to buy a product, look in the local paper to, or, or, you know, on, or on the common website to decide who are the major players and then phone them up and see who, who's most competitive. Well, the more you senior fo- you are mm-hmm. in an organization, the more you understand that the buying process is complicated and actually there are a lot more hidden influences in the process than uh, is immediately apparent. Well, so actually, I, the, oh, the more senior we talk to, the easier the, the conversation for us. Well, and you know what? I think, first of all, I think that's inspiring to know that a lot of senior management is enrolled um, in that. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, especially with um, it, uh, what I'm hearing you say, especially like, let's take a, like the Internet, for example, that there are a lot of bloggers or a lot of um, media entities or forums that people go to for good foundational information for their buying, you know, for their, their buying purchases. And what I'm hearing you say is really understand who those end users are and try to ingratiate yourself with them because a third party endorsement so to speak coming from someone who you know it's a twofold thing one is you know you're on the internet and you're searching for something specific and you end up at um at a forum let's say the specifically for the perfect rose and you know you've got people who have nothing to gain other than just giving really good feedback endorsing you is what i'm hearing you saying and these people who have had a good experience with you are your best evangelists Absolutely, and I think we've all got uh, examples in in a consumer and in a very personal um, uh, example. We've all got examples where we've gone on to Amazon, and it's the the power of the user reviews that has absolutely swayed us from 
discounting a product that we were formerly going to buy and then we saw people's reviews and thought they've got nothing to gain by slating this product I'm going to avoid it as well whereas if you went into uh, a store and somebody said you really ought to go for this one and they were a uh, salesperson a, a, a helper right um, or a checkout person mm-hmm. then you'd absolutely view their advice with you know a healthy dose of skepticism so companies like Amazon and sites like Amazon have absolutely affected the um, and increased the power and the influence of um, your peer group, people who you would never have met, but you wouldn't expect them to give you a wrong steer on something. Right, li- and, lifting the veiled curtain sort of of the internet to bring everyone together in a global audience to have a conversation. Yes, now, now absolutely, where, where influence um, is, is less obvious to see is we are all directed, because of the power of Google, to, you know, we go and search for a product, and if it doesn't turn up on the first couple of screens, we probably abandon our search. So I can totally understand the power of, um, you know, search engine optimization, Mm -hmm. and in terms of trying to get, uh, you know, share of mind very early on. But the fact is, is that most of the products and services that you and I buy, we don't go on to Google, just find the first few suppliers and go and choose. You know, if it's a car, if it's a piece of expensive hardware, if it's a house, we absolutely go on personal recommendations. And we talk, uh, we, we talk in, in our company about a decision-maker ecosystem, which is effectively a group of individuals who may have nothing in common with each other, aside from they're all part of one ecosystem that help persuade a decision maker one way or the other for one decision. So to take it into a personal space, if you think when you Nick, Nick, I, I don't, bought a Nick, car, let's let's um, let's let's stop for one second before we go on. I want to let's I want to get onto that more kind of concrete case study. But uh, we do need to to pause for a commercial break. When we come back, um, let's hit it up with the uh, personal story. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah. GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Hey, what are you reading? Revenue Magazine. It keeps me up to date on everything in performance marketing. Yeah? 
I get all my information online. I don't see a computer next to your boogie board there. Well, I've got a regular magazine here. Revenue Magazine is the only hard copy magazine that covers affiliate marketing techniques, search technologies, online fraud prevention, and interactive advertising, branding, and marketing. My magazine's got pictures. Revenue Magazine has everything for online marketers, affiliates, merchants, agencies, and networks. And you can read previous issues, blogs, and more at revenuetoday.com. Mine's got a centerfold. Revenue Magazine, the performance marketing standard. For more information, go to revenuetoday.com. Next, with our lean and mean team, how can we manage our publishing needs and still have time to save the planet? No worries, 99. DMX is the premier ad exchange network. They publish ads that circle the globe every day. It's a mission possible. But you know our inventory needs maximum exposure. Would you believe DMX had 10 billion impressions just last month? Their real-time auction-based service gets us the top dollar for our ad space, while their superior service saves us the time we need to save the world. Oh, sorry about that, Chief. But we need creative control and our own third-party networks. And who will help manage our relationships? DMX has Media Guard. We can select our own advertising banning profile so Direct Media Exchange Networks know which ad types we don't like. And we look great. And did I mention DMX is free? Looks like working undercover is a thing of the past. Get smart. Get DMX. Making every impression count. Market Edge with Larry Weber, Tuesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and on demand inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Cover Story. This is your co-host, Gian Wei from PR Web, and I'm joined by Brandy Shapiro, the lovely Brandy Shapiro, and uh, Nick Hayes from Influencer 50. Before we cut, um, and Nick, I, I have to tell you, uh, um, unfortunately, we, we are running short on time. We have about five, six minutes left. I have about five questions I wrote down here. So if we do kind of have to cut it short, um, I think we, we probably would love to do another segment at some point in the future. But before we left, you were talking about a uh, more kind of personal experience or personal story, and I think that um, we'd really love to hear a little bit about, uh, if you can, um, some anecdotal, um, some anecdote as to, you know, how this, this approach has worked. Yeah, I mean, very briefly, um, we, we talk about decision-maker ecosystems, and they can move all the way from a, an individual consumer purchase up to a very strategic enterprise purchase. So if you think about it, when you go and buy a car, you probably in your minds have four or five people that you would go and ask their views on. Now, when you go and buy a house, those four or five people may change. Some of them may still be the case, but you'll probably slip two or three new people in. When you go and ask about uh, a future career, you probably change again a few of those people, keep a few in, move a few more. And so these are what I call the, the, the flexible ecosystems so that it's very hard to map onto a particular one because they don't stay together for very long. Ecosystems usually stay together only for the length of one single decision, and those and the members of them may never meet each other, and yet they're extremely influential. So that's part of what we do is we're, we're trying to understand what kind of ecosystems work for different um, purchasing decisions. Fantastic. You know, I have, I have actually a bit of a selfish question to ask you. Um, we are... 
you know, a global brand here at PR Web. And we've seen a lot of differences between the United Kingdom and the United States as far as the social media is concerned. Um, being an expert in the field of social media, I just like your personal input as to as to how you think that the landscape is different between the United Kingdom and the U.S. as far as you know online influencers. Um, I have to say that um, between the U.K. and the U.S., there's actually less difference than there is between a lot of other countries. So that um, when when we go and understand who influences a certain decision. We, uh, we can only work on, on a regional basis because somebody who's particularly influential, let's say in the UK, may be completely irrelevant to the US. So, uh, you know, and vice versa. Um, but actually, there's some commonality simply because of language and certainly online merges those uh, barriers uh, uh, somewhat. But where we find the real differences are, um, there's a massive difference between, let's say, influences on any decision in Germany and then France, and then the UK, or Spain. So as soon as you get language barriers, you start moving into completely different um, ecosystems, where there's really very little uh, commonality between, between people. What we also find is that, certainly in the US, because it's the, it's the most predominant um, uh, English language uh, nation, we find that um, the U.S. influence is very great in countries that you may not expect it. So that uh, somebody in Europe um, or, in, or in Asia may well be as influenced by a U.S. Uh, influencer as somebody who lives only 50 miles away from that individual. So we find actually if the language is similar, then we find ge geographical boundaries don't really exist uh, to any great extent. But when the language changes, then there's a complete change in influencer. You know what? That is an extremely. I think. I think you put a, a, a nice, a nice caption on on the the radio show that we've done today, Nick. I apologize. Our producer, he's moving his arms around like he thinks he's a windmill in Mykonos. Uh, so we do need to wrap. The time has gone very quickly, but I'd love to invite you back for a part two. Uh, I'd, I'd love that. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, I hope um, some of the stories made sense. You know what? <laughs> they did make sense, and I think, you know, Jian, really what um, I think people need to focus on, and really a lot of what we got from our conversation today is truly understanding from, you know, understanding what it is that you're trying to sell, how you're trying to sell it, you know, that A-B testing sort of mentality that people are afraid of, um, going out there, enrolling your various publics to to help you refine and define who you are so that you can be the best that not only you are for your company, but obviously um, for your end users and adopters as well. Right. And just to tack on to that, I think now more than ever, it's, it's really important to be focused on, um, you know, that idea, not to boil it down to such a simplification, but of quality versus quantity. I think the days of going out and buying, you know, hundred thousand dollar email lists and going and creating uh, PR lists to hit you know tens of thousands of journalists I think those days are over I think you know it's time to, to have a more targeted approach and create relationships with uh, the people who are directly of influence to you especially in today's economy oh absolutely absolutely and people are benign I think I think you know the consumers are becoming a lot more savvy I think they're becoming a lot more benign to a lot of you know marketing strategies and PR strategies even I mean hey I will absolutely be someone's spokesperson for $2 million. 
<laughs> but you know, I mean, but, but truly, you know, if you get like a you know a you know um, a Cindy Crawford to be your spokesperson versus maybe a person on the street who actually used the product, loved the product, and is all about the product. I think the consumer, I think, you know, money is better spent adopting uh, adopting your own team of personal evangelists. Well, look at Jared. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So listen, we can go on and on and on, but uh, but George is still moving. Like, uh, we're, we're, we're going to be, I think we're, we're, we're eco-friendly over here because our electricity is now being generated by, by George, the producer. Uh <laughs> Gian, we'll see you next week. Nick, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Not, not at all. It was my pleasure. Super. And uh, for those of you who would like more information from Nick, go on over to Influencer50.com. We'll see you next week on Cover Story.